I um, couldn't breathe. I felt like I was going to faint. I uh, just thought I was dying. I yeah. mean, there's you, there's just this place that you have absolutely no ground under your feet and you don't know what's going on with you. Panic attacks, I believe, are ways of your body and your psyche telling you, I've had enough. You, yes. need, you, need, to, you need to do something here. Welcome once again to the Undo Anxiety Podcast. I'm Dr. John Duffy. I am your host once again today um, here at Undo Anxiety. We are hoping that through the sharing of stories and ideas and the like, we feel less alone and we unravel, sort through, and undo some of the undue anxiety that I think we all suffer, uh, an awful lot of which is unnecessary. So that's, that's the goal here. And I am so excited to be talking with Melissa Woods today. Melissa is the author of a new book called Getting Past Anxiety, which one might think is, is, is oh, that's another self-help book on anxiety. That's great. But this is actually a novel um, that's helping people work through anxiety disorders, which really feels like, talking to Melissa here for a few minutes, feels like her mission in life. Melissa, welcome to the Undo Anxiety Podcast. Thank you, Don. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you here. So, uh, and, and you've got such a unique approach to um, to anxiety. I love the idea uh, of storytelling um, and and that being the conduit that helps people get to the place where they're kind of managing their their own anxiety in their own way. And and everyone's got a different way, I think, to do that. So, if you're comfortable, Melissa, tell us a little bit about your your history with anxiety and how that has led you to this point in your life where you are now a published author and speaker and um, on this mission to help people through their anxiety. Thank you. I would be happy to do that. Mm -hmm. um, you've already given me my introduction. I, I wrote this book, um, Getting Past Anxiety. It's an inspirational novel to reclaim your life. You know, I was able to move through anxiety while writing this book and how it all uh, unraveled here is to help others, like you said. I, um, it was about 20 years ago, I uh, had a panic attack when I was about to board a plane. Mm. And, I, you know, I had suffered from some anxiety in the past, but I had never had a panic attack and I had never had anxiety stop me from doing something. Mm-hmm. And so the pivotal moment was when I went to my general practitioner and just kind of briefly talked to her a little bit about what was going on. And she recommended that I go see a psychiatrist. And so I did. I went and spoke to this, this doctor. Mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't a conversation about why this occurred or what happened. It was more around symptoms. And then I was given a prescription for medication. So I, I felt a bit frustrated, but I was, you know, following what was going on because I was in this position that I was very desperate and very confused. And so I did take the medication for a couple days and it made all of my symptoms much, much worse. You know, the racing <laughs> thoughts, the insomnia, the restlessness. I, I was just a mess. And I how, did how not wretched. I mean, right. If you if you're starting from a point of anxiety, you take medication that you think is going to help. And in fact, it, it exacerbates everything. Huh? Oh my gosh. It was terrible. It was so bad. I, 
I had never, you know, anxiety is worse on its own, but then to have it elevated was just too much for me. So I stopped the medication, which when you're given medication, they say, don't stop it. You need to wean yourself off of it. I just woke up one morning and says, I can't handle this. So I stopped it. And <laughs> stopped I, and I cold. didn't even call the doctor either. Yeah. It's like, Nope, I'm not doing this. So. <laughs> um, I was really scared. You know, I, I wasn't really good. I, I, I just didn't know what was going on with me. And I had a small child. I was a single parent raising a son. And so that even scared me more because I needed to be, um, you know, I needed to wake up every day and, sure. and, you know, I had responsibilities. So I uh, went to a chiropractor one day because my neck, I had some neck issues and he said, you know, go to this massage therapist, we'll help you with the, you know, with massage. Okay. And so it was, it was more these steps of getting to this transformational healer that eventually helped me to, with doing the work with her, help me, you know, to start this journey to overcome my own anxiety. So I love that. Um, you know, go, going back to the early part of your story, going back 20 years, um, mm-hmm. you talk about that initial panic attack. And oftentimes when I'm talking to clients or, or anybody who's ever suffered a panic attack, these things tend to come out of the blue and they're indelible. They're like these mm-hmm. absolutely terrifying moments that are very hard <laughs> to describe to somebody who hasn't suffered one. Um, do you remember what it was like and what it felt like to all of a sudden feel this like intense fear, you know, of fear? You know, I don't, I honestly don't, uh, think that, you know, from having that experience, I mean, you literally feel like you're dying. That is the fear for me. That was the fear Mm -hmm. of not being able to move forward because of the fear of having a panic attack. So that, you know, what, what, when I speak, you know, on podcasts or, you know, with people, uh, the particular topic that I discuss are two things is how anxiety, uh, limited my life in Mm -hmm. all aspects, career, family, raising my child, friends. And then the biggest part is shame. You know, the shame around it, keeping it a secret, oh, yeah. not telling anybody, you know, that really isolates you. Mm-hmm. And it really, um, of course, it makes uh, the situation worse. But because you don't understand it and you feel like there's something wrong with you and you're bad and everything, I mean, it's just, it's, it just unravels just too much. So, you know, to answer your question, the panic attack, I um, couldn't breathe. I felt like I was going to faint. I uh, just thought I was dying. I mean, there's there's just this place that you have absolutely no ground under your feet and you don't know what's going on with you. Oh, you're explaining it. I've suffered panic attacks myself um, and you are explaining it so beautifully and the piece that there's this there's this physical element there's this fear like oh something horrible is about to happen right this mm-hmm. instant you know and there's nothing i can yep. do to intervene i don't i have no tools right so i'm kind exactly. of just floating here and i'm about to drop to the ground and possibly just perish this instant um and i think it's really hard to wrap your brain around that when you haven't experienced it but i your focus on shame is is so important because it's an odd 
side effect of experiencing mm. this thing, don't you think? I mean, oh uh, my gosh, it's the big secret. It is a big <laughs> secret, right? And, and what's it's, wrong it's so with mortifying. me? <laughs> right. And I think when most of us would argue when we first experience this type of anxiety, that panic. Um, we think we're the only ones. You know, we don't know a whole lot about it. I was 14 years old, and and I remember thinking, oh, there's something terribly wrong with me, some intense weakness, and nobody yeah. else suffer. I'm looking around. Nobody else is going through it right here, and so this must be just me. Did you have that that feeling? Oh, you find that other people it's, do? it's it's so isolating. I'll, I, I just let me share this with you. Please, nobody nobody knew. Nobody knew. Not even my son. And when I published this book, I gave it to professionals, of course, but I also gave it to uh, my family and my friends. Mm -hmm. The one connecting thread from all of my family and my friends were, I never knew. Wow. You seem so put together. I never knew that you struggled with any of this. <laughs> Man. Up till and this goes up. To, this is recent, right? This isn't the just yeah. twenty years ago that people didn't know. This is people learn yes. this about you now. Yes, they are learning. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure your listeners and your audience—they're shaking their heads, going, "Yeah." I mean, and I'm sure at this point they are in this place of making it a big secret and not knowing how to talk about it. An because, awful lot of people are. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. how did you? So I'm here to say. <laughs> yeah, well, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just saying I'm here to say you're not alone. Yes. I mean this, you're not alone. So that there are there are countless people suffering this, and you know, um, I, on your website you cite about 40 million people mm -hmm. suffering from anxiety, and then we were musing that we might have the number a little low. <laughs> I think we do. Yeah, I I agree with you. I do. Yeah, yeah. So so how does how does that shame and, and, and the anxiety that you're experiencing 20 years ago as a young single mom, which is mm -hmm. adds such harrowing elements to the idea of anxiety and a panic attack, I, I can almost not stand the image of you <laughs> in an airport. with a, how, how, how old was your son 20 years ago? Uh, he was about five. Wow. Five or six. Right. And I was, I was in my mid-30s. Thirties, mm -hmm. when I had this happen to me, and um, I was in uh, a sales and marketing career in technology, so that was very stressful as well. Yes, yeah. And you're and a single I, mom, and there you are in the airport with your very young guy. How yeah, actually, I was no, I I wasn't with him. I was um, by myself. I was going back to the East Coast, um, you know, to visit a friend. So yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so harrowing um, and, and truly, I mean, terrifying. How did things progress from there? Like I, I get this idea like you, you go to see your psychiatrist and mm -hmm. it's like I have a friend who's a psychiatrist, a good friend, and he will say to me, you know, like don't refer anybody to me unless you <laughs> want me to medicate them because what I do is I listen for symptoms and I think about the medication that is going to match up and manage those symptoms best. That's what I'm going to do. So in all likelihood, if somebody presents a symptom to me or a set of symptoms, especially if they're anxiety, I am going to have a pill that I think is going to fix that. Um, and I don't, I don't know if every psychiatrist feels that way, but 
Too often, I think we jump right into diagnostic work when it comes to anxiety. What are your what What are your specific symptoms? What's the pill that's going to best manage those symptoms? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the cognitive or behavioral technique that will give you some element of control? When in fact, I believe, and I'm curious to hear whether you agree, I believe anxiety carries a message for us too. And too often in my field, I think we neglect the message in the name of controlling symptoms. And sometimes what our body is telling our minds gets lost in in the process. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Anxiety, like you said, is just a symptom of something much deeper. Mm -hmm. Um, What I had found in my journey, um, you know, just to back up a little bit, it, the anxiety started with a panic attack and then it unraveled into, uh, claustrophobia, not being able to get on elevators. Oh my. Yes. Uh, yeah. Driving in traffic, um, crossing bridges. I, it, at the time, the, uh, my job, cause I was in sales required me, I was in outside sales. So I needed to go in elevators to visit my clients. I needed to drive in traffic. Wow. And, and travel and such. And I was not able to do that. And so what had happened as it unraveled, I uh, eventually needed to quit my job because I was not able to do the job duties and the requirements to do it. And so I really got into that isolation, even got, it even became to where it was the, uh, I think they call it agoraphobia. I mean, I couldn't even get out of the house. I could go down and do grocery shopping and maybe do a little bit of runs. I needed just to stay around in my comfort zone where my home was. My gosh, you know, and, I, and yeah. I, um, anxiety is such a a clever beast in a way um, in that mm-hmm. it will it will find a way to disrupt your life in the most in, in the most egregious manner. Um, and that you're this is a um, harrowing example. I'm, I'm thinking about the idea that you quit your job and it's not lost on mm-hmm. me that your friends, your family, they don't know at this point that you not are suffering anxiety, right? So, so what do nope. you tell them when you say, well, I quit my job? You know, do they, do you come up with something? Um, you know, sure. Mm-hmm. I was a single mom. I wanted to spend more time with my son. You know, my job took me away, which there's truth to that. Sure, of course. But really, but really the main uh, place was I could no longer do the job duties that was, you know, that yeah. I needed to do. Um, that put me back into, to the massage practice. Cause I'd been a, a licensed massage practitioner, gosh, for over 20 years. And so it was, it was, a, it, the transition to do that was easy. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go back to this passion. I'm going to raise my son, work less, you know, so there's all these great excuses. And I'm, (laughs) again, I'm sure all of your listeners are shaking their head going, Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've got my handful of those. Yes. Yeah. No, you come up with all kinds of excuses. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it really affected it. it, Like I said, it, it limited of what I was able to do, not only in my career, but it limited in my uh, relationship with my son as well. He was a great golfer, um, you know, in, in school. And so he needed, you know, he went to go do tournaments. I could do the local ones, but when, when you needed to go far away and travel, I wasn't able to do that. The driving? And so that, yeah, that really mm-hmm. affected uh, me as a parent. 
And my son at the time, you know, he didn't know that I had anxiety. So it was more like, oh, I got to stay home with the dog. You know, I could have gotten someone to take care of the dog. Do you see what I mean? You just, yes. you just get, you really sink into this spiral hole of all these excuses of why you can't live kind of as normal an life, right? Effective life, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Melissa, in yeah. real time, in situations like that, um, were you able to convince yourself, you know, could you, could you kid yourself a little bit that, you know, this is really oh, yeah. the reason, you know, um, mm -hmm. it's not really anxiety. It's really that I do have to be here for the yeah. dogs or I really don't have yes. time to get, go all the way out there to that golf course or, um, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. You, it, because of the shame. Yeah. I, I really feel it has something to do with that shame and being in that secret with yourself. You do convince yourself, no, this is really, this is really what it's about yep. because the anxiety is so scary. It's yeah. so scary. It, it truly is. And, um, and, and left untouched, it does what your yes. anxiety does, right? Because mm -hmm. it starts with a panic attack. And um, I think when we first experience something like that, we, th we are hoping that's an isolated instant. Yet in the back of our minds, I think once you experience it, you're kind of perpetually thinking about mm -hmm. when's that next one going to hit? When am I going to feel that, that helplessness again? Um, and then, it, right? And then it morphs into, um, I suppose if you take it to reduce it to the very end into agoraphobia, I'm really anxious to leave the mm -hmm. house. I don't want to get in the car. You know, um, I cannot get in the elevator and go to work. Um, and I think right. that, um, I think that there are, like you said, an awful lot of people listening to us right this moment who are nodding and saying, yep, yep, I've been mm -hmm. there in one form or fashion. I have felt that um, awful feeling. So, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you're absolutely right. Not dealing with it, you know, in that way, you, it perpetuates and you get worse and worse and worse. And um, yeah, it, you get into this isolated place. And I, I also believe that's why I didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a big secret because it just got so, it was, it was so big. It was like a monster, you know, you I know have, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you, I, I've, been, I've been doing this podcast for a while and really focusing on anxiety a lot for about nine months or so. And you're highlighting something that I haven't talked with people a whole lot about. Um, the shame and the isolation. The isolation specifically. Some, um, and, and truly, anxiety is, is an, a singularly isolating um, symptom to, to experience. Uh, I think you're so right about that. And, um, and, and it's very hard to force yourself into social situations. You know, I think anybody with anxiety has some degree of social anxiety. Um, you know, yes. I think if we're afraid of a certain situation, if you took all the people away, well, we might be able to bear it. But if there's, if we have an audience, then I think sometimes that's worse for an awful lot of us. Would you agree? I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah, you do. The, the isolation is the worst and um, I just did not want to live my life like that. Mm -hmm. So finding this transformational healer really helped me to, like I said, peel back the onion and just uncover what, what, what was I so anxious about? How did I get here? What was going on? And so it, it, it really helped. And today I 
am able to fly on a plane, get in an elevator, drive. I mean, it's just, it, it's not an issue. You've got your, li- you've got your life back. <laughs> I got my life back. Yeah. I do. I yeah. really do. And, and so by, you know, like I said, by doing all of this work and uncovering it, I just feel like I have something, you know, to share it. It's giving back because I, there's so much freedom in my life and how I feel now. And there was a time that I just felt like my life was only going to be this way, that this is how it's always going to be for me. And I'm going to tell your listeners that is not true. So That's listen, not true at all. Listen to that, folks. Like, you know, yeah. this is the, this, it does not have to be this way. No, this it doesn't. Right. So, right. um, too often, I, I think, I think you would argue and, I, and I'm going to join you in that too often mm-hmm. we run to the doc and we, we take the pill and we mask the anxiety, um, for as long as that pill is active in our system. Um, and so your answer wasn't in the pill, clearly, uh, quite the contrary in your situation. Um, and you found this transformational healer. And I, I can imagine some of our listeners wondering like, okay, what is that? <laughs> and how do I find that person? You know, so do you mind talking a little yeah. bit about, about what a transformational healer is and, and how that process works and how it worked for you? Sure. Um, like I said, it was more of the synchronicity of, of finding her, um, to do this level of work. And she, she's not your traditional therapist, although you do go in and you would talk about things, but she was a healer or she is a healer. Mm -hmm. And she, uh, was, um, you know, she did, um, trans analysis work. She did chakra work. She did, um, I, I also worked with other people too for hypnotherapy, Mm -hmm. NLP work. Um, so there was, and I also went to a natural path to get my diet, you know, in order and, you know, check my hormones and, you know, all, so I, I looked at the whole body instead of just, um, you know, the symptoms and that, all of that was in unison of helping me to get to where I am today. So just working with her in terms of feeling safe, being able to, um, trust Mm -hmm. to, to, you know, peel the onion back about my childhood. Um, you know, the root cause of my anxiety was, um, just kind of in a general root here. Uh, like, like many in my generation, um, I feel that I wasn't taught to look inward for answers or how to make decisions for myself. And that other part of it was I, I am a sensitive person, you know, mm-hmm. being a sensitive person, this led to my anxiety. Um, you know, th- there just wasn't much emphasis on, you know, in, in, in my family environment to, you know, be confident to be independent and and capable in your life. And so by me not dealing with my anxiety, and what I mean by that is, um, and I see a lot of people do it today, we all can get into that uh, treadmill, Mm -hmm. is busy life, uh, dealing with everything, raising a family, going to work, all, all those things, and not dealing with you know, yourself and what, where you need to heal and to take care of yourself, the anxiety compounded. 
and came into the to the place where I wasn't able, you know, I had the panic attack. Panic attacks, I believe, are ways of your body and your psyche telling you, I've had enough. You yes. need you need to you need to do something here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And and I, I love I love that catching the message of the panic attack, catching the message of the anxiety, you know, um, and, and that it, it really required a mind, body, spirit overhaul um, and a really deep look into what's really going on here and what's the origin story of my anxiety. Um, I, I think a lot of us grew up the way you did, and I work with an yeah. awful lot of people who do. In a lot of families, I find, there is this press to appear a certain way. We're going to be this family that right. is put together and you know has all our stuff together and academically we're doing okay and um, work-wise we're doing okay and everything's fine. We're the white picket fence family <laughs> instead of really recognizing oh, there's some things going on underneath the surface and we need to look at those and that's okay. You know, that's not weakness. That's probably where our strength lies in recognizing those areas where we're vulnerable. But not many of us uh, were brought up that way. I hope kids are being brought up that way now. <laughs> uh, but I yeah. think, yeah. What do you think? I mean, just, yeah, just with me being a parent, um, mm-hmm. raising my son, I parented him very differently. And that was, that was the one thing um, about seeking answers for this anxiety. The big catalyst truly was uh, my son. You know, he was small. I had a responsibility, you know, to raise him. I wanted to raise him in an environment that was safe and healthy and secure. And I needed to be that person in order to give that to him. So that really was the catalyst, you know, to doing this work and really committing to it. Because um, most people I have seen and, and heard that they continue on that treadmill of life and just say, you know what, I'm just going to push this underneath the carpet. I'm going to keep going because I need, I need to make this kind of money. And I'm I'm not saying money's not bad. I mean, it's great because it gives you a sense of freedom and accomplishment, but, but the, the main point here is what I'm trying to say is, um, we just tend to push things under the rug and say, that's going to go away. I'm, I'm too afraid to deal with that. And it Mm -hmm. takes a lot of courage to sit down and say, wow, why am I feeling this way? What really is going on? Takes a commitment and courage. I love, I love the idea that it takes courage, right? That this is not, um, this is not the weakest part of you. This is the strongest part of you, right? This is the best part of you. Yes. Yes. Right. (laughs) And and you can, and, and you will find a time in your life where you truly celebrate it. Uh, I can only imagine that if we had your son on the line here, um, Mm. he would say that he benefited in an odd way from the fact that you not just experienced anxiety, but found ways to overcome it, ways that really worked for you to your core. Um, Did you you parent him much differently um, after the panic attack? Were you keenly aware of the potentiality of anxiety in him? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And my anxiety, you know, uh, someone asked me a question, is anxiety inherited? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've looked at some studies, you know, through the Mayo Clinic and John Hopkins and stuff, and they say that um, it can be, it can be inherited. It can be passed down. 
Um, sure. You know, and so you, if you don't deal with it, if you don't find your root cause, then you do transfer that in the way that you show up in life. You know, how you show up anywhere in, in your career, your family, mainly your family. And, you know, if you're, if you have small children or children in mm-hmm. itself, um, your spouse, whatever, it, you know, you, you show up that way with this anxiety. And so that's how people are going to relate to you. I, th- I think that's so right. And, you know, um, there's a debate, uh, the, the ongoing in, in my field about whether anxiety is kind of inherited directly or if it's just the ignoring of the anxiety and the pretending and the shame um, that trickles down family trees and whether whether once you, somebody like you, uh, Melissa, comes along and says, you know, I'm really going to look at this deeply, mm-hmm. then that mm-hmm. model kind of is what's passed along. So, you know, I always like to think when somebody like you comes along and really, really tests their anxiety, looks at it and um, examines it from childhood all the way to the present, mind, body, and spirit, and figures it out and masters it to some extent, then I think that's what you model to future generations. And my hope is that your, your son, who is now, I assume, in his 20s, um, yes. is, is uh, not in a position where he has to deal with anxiety in the same way. Oh, my gosh, no. Mm-hmm. He... No, he, if he was, if he was sitting next to me, he would, he would say to you and your audience that, um, he is very fortunate to have me as his mother. He tells me in my mother day cards all the time and birthday cards, but he, he, by me dealing with, with my anxiety and what I mean by dealing with it is to take that courage and that commitment to uncover you know, what, what the root cause is and was, uh, really helped him. Like you said, model, I was able to model a healthy person Mm. so he can take that and be a healthy person. And he is, I mean, he's just, he's soaring, you know, he's getting his MBA and yeah, I mean, he's just soaring. And there's nothing more. I I have a son who's um, a couple years younger than your guy, but is, is soaring Mm -hmm. as well. And there's nothing more gratifying, is there? Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Oh, yeah, you're going to make me cry now. But <laughs> no, well, it's, it's so true. It's so true because I, the, the emotion behind that, what I was just going to say is um, I took the time to spend it with myself and to find out the questions and to get answers about the anxiety what was this all about? And I am very grounded today. And like I said, I feel very free. I don't feel inhibited. I don't feel like I have to, um, worry. Mm -hmm. And there's just a freedom about that, you know, to, to really, you know, step out your, your front door and just say, wow, I'm free. And, and now I, 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 I can go and do what I want to do, which, I am, you know, I'm talking about this. Um, you know, we all go through things. Um, and when we find the gift out of it and it is a gift and that's, like I said, what I'm just doing, what I did through the book and what I'm talking to you and and everybody about is you're not alone and, um, there is help and there's resources and just find that courage and commit to yourself, you know, to heal. 
Yes. Um, yeah. First of all, your freedom is palpable. Yeah. But it's committing huge. to yourself, to, to, to mm -hmm. parents out there, to anybody listening out there who's in the midst of it, listen to Melissa's words here. Um, you know, that, that extreme self care is going to pay dividends in all areas of your life. If you want to make an impact on the world, you've got to take care of yourself first and to pretend or to kid yourself that you're not suffering this thing that you're really suffering is folly and, and just keeps you stuck in that shameful place. So really look at it. Find the courage to look at it. Find the strength and the vulnerability to look at it and you will be where Melissa is um, actually yes. helping people through it. Mm -hmm. So thank you for, for sharing your story. Uh, you're I, 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 before we finish, I've got to ask. So, so you wrote a book about anxiety, which I think is is phenomenal, and I think we need more of that. And, uh, and, and <laughs> but your book is a novel. Tell me about how you decided to write a novel about anxiety. No, this is great. Um, you know, novels are a way to tell a story, and people learn a lot through story. So, you know, for me, when I read a novel. There, it's more memorable and impactful mm -hmm. um, in the way that the writer can convey a message. And there's uh, there's nothing wrong with self help books, but I, like I said, I love stories, and I just really feel strongly about um, you know telling a story. And anxiety um, is such a global epidemic. And like you said, the 40 million Americans, I, I agree with you. I think there's more people and every day there's more just, you know, um, with all of the stress and anxiety of yes. what's going on. And so it's nice just to, um, I wanted to create this character and walk the reader through her journey the, even though the book is uh, a fiction, mm -hmm. the, the story, the story is mine, but the, the characters are fictitious. So the journey, the healing journey of the character in this book is mine. So, well, I love the idea of it. Um, just because I, I think when we're reading self-help work, um, which is, which I support as well. And I've written a self-help book myself, mm -hmm. but you, mm -hmm. you're in a certain mindset of, problem solving and you know we have this tendency to kind of rifle through looking for the part that resonates with us or the solution um, for us in there whereas uh, my mindset I'll speak to for myself I love reading novels I love story and um, and I think anxiety is um, too little an issue in too many novels <laughs> and in the way it's no, like exactly. central to too many lives. So I love the idea of a story around it because I think story, first of all, we're in this mindset where we're like, okay, I'm going to settle into this and really try to understand this person's world, like, you know, this character's existence. And in almost every book I read, you know, you find that character that you relate to or that setting that mm -hmm. you relate to or that exactly. feeling that you relate to. And, and I love the idea that you've found a way to weave anxiety in there because mm -hmm. I think that's sorely lacking in our fiction. And um, so, so kudos to you for, for thinking of doing this and actually executing it. I, so I, can, I, haven't, I cannot wait to read it. It is next in the hopper for me. So um, I will let you know how I feel about it. 
is no, the, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, um, and I think that I really do think that's the neatest idea. Is there anything in your message that you want people to hear that that we have not touched on before we finish up here today? Well, just you know, the takeaway people really like to you know know what mm-hmm. to do, as I mentioned, you know, in this podcast. But but the reason you know the key message to convey in, in the book is one of inspiration and motivation, yep. you know, to, to take action, take yes. action in your life. Th- you know, the book, reading the book, you'll feel less alone. You'll be more empowered. You know, you'll get a sense of relief that, you know, you can heal through this journey of this character. And just, you know, what my mission is, is to bring awareness to anxiety and to, uh, share that there are alternatives, um, to taking medication to mm-hmm. to heal anxiety, and I know you agree with that. Oh so. yeah, and I, I it's think our missions our, our missions overlap. I so support you. Yes, <laughs> thank I'm, you, and thank I'm you glad so you're much. out there, Melissa. Really, um, thank you. Yeah, thank you for thank you for joining me here today. Uh, it's Melissa Wood, you guys, and um, the book is Getting Past Anxiety, and um, your website, Melissa www.gettingpastanxiety.com. So if you've got, and it. I have, a, yeah, I have a Facebook page you can follow and Twitter. So we're getting the message out. And so go, go and find Melissa and follow her. And if you're looking for a speaker on anxiety who has a great story to tell, go find Melissa. Um, thank you again, Melissa, for joining me here today. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Okay. You do the same, uh, folks. You can find uh, the Undo Anxiety podcast here on iTunes, on Podbean, Stitcher, LiveLeadPlay.com, or WGN+. If you or somebody you know would like to be a guest on the podcast or you have an idea for it, uh, just drop me a quick email at johngduffy at drjohnduffy.com. On behalf of my guest, Melissa Woods, author of Getting Past Anxiety, and myself, um, thank you so much. Have a great day, and I will talk to you next time. 